Hello, welcome to the podcast, How to Scale a Business. I'm Bridget Devon, your host, and today I'm excited to welcome Pete Gruber with the Gruber Companies. The Gruber Companies are a collection of synergistic businesses engaged in high-tech ventures. They're founded in 1984, headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona, and they consist of four companies, including Gruber Communication Products, Gruber Power Services, Gruber Technical Services, and Gruber Motor Company. Pete, Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to learn about uh, you and, and your companies. Well, this will be fun. I'm, I'm uh, pleased that uh, we can do this. Yeah, me too. So um, to start, can you share with us a little bit about yourself and how the Gruber companies got started? Sure. Well, um, I spent uh, years working for corporate America and uh, always knew that um, there was um, uh, that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And um uh, my life events in the 1980s were such that I was able to finally take a plunge and uh, leave a um, very secure job with Digital Equipment Corporation, um, expense account, company car, all of that, and strike out on my own and start working out of my house. That's exciting and probably scary. <laughs> well, it was, uh, yeah, it was scary, but I was going for broke at the time. And uh, I think you have to be ready to put your life on hold. And I did so for 10 years. Really? So it took a solid 10 years to get your your company just really built up? Oh, at least, yes. Um, you know, the um, challenges to a company without funding is um, you have to immediately generate cash flow so that you can keep basically the lights on and the doors open and some food on the table. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, those were the daunting years. And, uh, you know, you hear about successful people talking about the number of hours that they work every week. You know, 80 to 100 hours is quite realistic. And uh, I um, was at a transition point in my life at the time where I didn't have family. And uh, so I was able to do that. I don't think you can do this sort of thing and maintain a relationship, raise children and all of that through something like this. Yeah, I can. I I. I think that would be really difficult to, I mean, you know, those are all your hours in a week beyond sleep and maybe eating, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And of course, uh, enormous uh, uh, sacrifices, which uh, uh, means that uh, at the time you can't buy every CD that comes along or yeah. go out to eat. Uh, you know, you have to uh, subsist on the diet of hot dogs and top ramen for a long time. And, uh, but if there's enough passion and enough perseverance and enough desire, then you can make it through those difficult years. And I think that's where we weed out most of the people that start businesses. Yeah, yeah. I totally, I agree with you on that. Um, some people just, you know, it can be very shocking to realize how much work is ahead of you. Um, and I don't have the same experience that you have doing 80 to 100, you know, hours a week for 10 years. But in the things that I have pursued in my life, you know, um, I kind of think that when you do find something you have a vision for and that there is that natural motivation, it just that can keep that fire stoked. Is that something that you felt when you started Gruber, the Gruber companies that you had a vision, you had like natural motivation that, or, or was it just pure grind? Well, it definitely uh, requires vision and a goal. And uh, it has to be unwavering and uh, you, you, you can't allow any doubt to creep into that. And, uh, you know, every day it's kind of like our old CFO said, you have to keep on pedaling. Um, yeah. 
The other thing that I've noticed is starting a business, at least this was true for me, some companies um, start with um, uh, financial assistance, uh, loans, partners. Um, I, I think that's a recipe for disaster. There was only one business that we started in 1995 called Extreme Internet. And uh, we saw the internet boom. We saw the opportunity there. And I had four partners in that arrangement. And I will never do that again because reaching consensus, reaching a, you know, a common ground uh, is almost impossible. And um, so I like being a sole proprietor and um, you know, building teams from that perspective. I have heard that that's one of the bigger difficulties with partnerships is like what you're saying is everybody being on the same page and, you know, you either need to figure that out in the beginning or be prepared for people changing minds. Um, And it's, yeah, it could be very difficult. I'd love to hear a little bit about how your company evolved into, um, you know, starting into the the Gruber Power Services and the technical services and now the um, motor company. Sure. Um, you know, what 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 shifted, what changed that made um, that, you know, those companies emerge? You know, the, the original goal here was to uh, design and build computer rooms, data centers, which is uh, what I spent the last three years doing at digital equipment as a consultant. When someone bought a large computer, I was the guy that came in and said, oh, you don't have enough power. You don't have enough air conditioning. Oh. Here's, so here's a design to create your data center. But starting um, by working out of a house, I did not have the ability to um, you know, attract uh, the types of vendors that I needed um, uh, the equipment for data centers. I didn't have the construction licenses, didn't have the staff. So you have some compromises along the way. And I started doing data cabling at the time and then eventually branched out from there. Now, here's another important lesson that I found is you have to continuously listen to the market. You have to be open for the opportunities. And um, you, um, if that's the case, then your business opportunities present themselves And uh, if you act on them, then you begin to create new divisions and new functions. And oftentimes it's uh, disguised. I'll give you a quick example. We were selling power conditioners for a while before uninterruptible power systems were popular because they were so expensive. And we had one of our customers call us at four o'clock Phoenix time and say, you know, our data center is down right now because the power conditioner quit. So the vendor that made that was in Troy, Michigan, and uh, they ended up uh, not being available because they were home eating supper. So we sent one of our electricians down there, not expecting him to repair anything, but at least make a showing. He fixed the darn thing. Within days, the customer called us and said, you know, this is a vital piece of equipment. We really need to have a service contract on this. Do you offer those? And the second rule in business is you never say no. You then yeah. find a way to get it done. Yep. And that's what started Gruber Power Services, which today is a nationwide service organization that uh, uh, services equipment all over the United States and computer rooms. Um, oh, that's a fantastic story. origin story. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Keep them coming. <laughs> the, um, uh, the cabling division. Remember, I was doing data cabling in computer rooms. Um, the, um, uh, the lesson there was that uh, if I'm on the phones, generating business and finding customers and then doing the work, I have these dips and valleys. 
I quickly learned that you have to have two functions. You have to have people doing the work and you have to have somebody on the phone selling your services. Um, the second lesson was, again, paying attention to uh, what, what, the, uh, what the business opportunities are. We got into a snit with one of our vendors at the time, overpayment. They claimed we ordered something we didn't. We, um, you know, so they put us on credit hold. But we had jobs in process where we needed product. So we scrambled and we ended up building the product ourselves that we normally bought from this company and realized it's not that hard. And then, of course, being sales and marketing people said, how many companies like us are there across the country that we can sell this product to? And that's what started the Calm business as we began to manufacture the same product that we were installing because we listened to the market. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I love hearing how your company has evolved by saying both like yes to the opportunities and being able to hear them um, and and just jumping in. I, I was reading a little bit about the Gruber Motor Company. I wonder is when electron or electric cars came to the market, when Tesla came to the market, was that another like saying yes to opportunity and environmental changes? Totally and completely. My wife and I were beginning to lean toward going green with our transportation and we got a Prius which um, you know, had great gas mileage, it was a hybrid, but you could go for about a mile on an electric motor, which really intrigued me being an electronics guy. So for about a, um, we ended up replacing the Prius because it was getting old and I decided I want a 100% battery electric vehicle. So I started to look and I found a black roadster on eBay. It was actually George Clooney's car, by the way, but the publicist couldn't tell me that. And I was ready to fly out to California to buy this 100% electric car. Um, and just before I left, I decided to call a friend of mine here in town who also had a Roadster and uh, just to ask him what he thought of it. He said, well, it's a wonderful car. I love it to death, but I've got two little girls and the airbag doesn't turn off in the passenger compartment. So I'm gonna be selling just for safety reasons. So we struck a deal. Well, I drove this car for a year, loved it tremendously because it's a quick, nimble little, uh, you know, go-kart. And uh, about a year into this, one of our field engineers walked by my trunk as I was taking my lunch pail out. And he said, what's that big black box that's in the back of your uh, Tesla Roadster? I said, well, that's a three-phase inverter, converts all the DC to AC. And he reminded me, he said, you know, we repair those. Well, it turns out, that the um, technology in an electric vehicle is identical to what's in the data center in an uninterruptible power system. And within two months, I had hired someone that came in as a tech manager and uh, began to sell our Tesla repair capability. Very cool. Um, our first car came from San Francisco. The customer was facing a $10,000 replacement for a power electronics module. We said, send it to us and we'll repair it. And we did it for $2,300 and rebuilt it. Well, the word spread quickly that there's an alternative to Tesla repair. And um, today we have over 50 Tesla Roadsters in our service center. And uh, we have become the world's largest electric independent electric vehicle repair organization. Fantastic. Now, that won't last forever because as EV adoption rates continue to soar, you know, EV repair shops are going to uh, pop up all over the world. But for now, we enjoy that distinction. 
You know, I love that because you're flexible because that, I mean, being in business, you have to be flexible, especially now with how much tech changes things and how quickly they change things. And so, you know, I think the, the, the golden nugget here for anyone listening is, you know, if you got a great idea and you have opportunity to go for it, but also be prepared for the market evolving and, and going with that flow too. Um, yeah. So, um, Pete, can you share with us a little bit about your vision for the Gruber companies in the future, in the next year? Um, we'd love to hear what you see for you and your company. Well, one of the reasons I left corporate America was because I saw that there were so many better ways to do it. You know, the culture, for example, in these companies. Um, <clears throat> I, I thought it was vital that people get rewarded for their contribution, not how well they um, play a political game or who they know. And one of the most frustrating things was working for large corporate America was watching hiring taking place for uh, reasons other than skills. And of course, work environment. I'm a firm believer that if you create an environment within which people can grow and excel, they will rise to the occasion. And um, so those are the fundamental reasons that uh, I started the company. And uh, today, we, um, we definitely have ingrained that type of culture in our company. What I find rewarding is watching people improve, improve their skills, and come to work every day enjoying what they do. I yeah. think that's vital because now you get maximum performance because people are happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree because, you know, it's, it's good to be excited by potential outcomes of your work, right? Oh, this is the mm -hmm. goals we're all working working towards but if you can actually enjoy the the doing part the day-to-day -day part it's a whole other ball game um you know and just in an overall satisfaction for right. employees and everybody um i love that well before we go pete can you share with us how people could either stay connected with you or your companies or anything you'd like people listening to know about the gruber companies sure the primary website is gruber.com g-r-u-b-e-r.com um, the most recent um, uh, business venture is Gruber Motor Company. And again, there we're appealing or um, partaking to a higher calling, which is um, trying to get a handle on the damage we're doing to this planet by moving transportation into sustainable, renewable energy sources. They can reach us on uh, YouTube if they're interested in some of the uh, work that we do. We've got a couple hundred videos out there, I think. Awesome. And that is Gruber Motors. Um, and then we're active on many other platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Um, it's, it's rare these days that a customer comes in and says, doesn't say, I should say, I see all your videos. <laughs> I love it. Well, Pete, thank you so much for your time and, um, you know, wish for sharing with us about your journey, building your companies and your insights. Um, I feel like, you know, our podcasts are short 15 minute conversations, but I feel like we could have had a couple hours to hear uh, more great stories that um, with great insight in how to uh, scale a business. But thank you so much, Pete. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Bridget.